Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Rowe. Today, we had a guest on the podcast, Sam Fonoyimawana, who is the founder and CEO of a company called DataJoin, which is doing some unique things with data integration between and across multiple platforms. So we talked about trends in, in data, how marketers can use, leverage, and interpret data for their benefit, um, what we're seeing in the market, what we're seeing best-in-class companies doing, and talked a little bit about his background and his story. Uh, it is technically a startup, and, and he saw a gap in the market created a product for his own use case and, and you know, turned that into a company, which is, is now growing and they've raised some capital. So very exciting. Really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully you guys find some value in it. Please give us a like, subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend or a colleague. Let's dive right in. Everybody, uh, we have a special guest with us today, Sam Fonoyimwana. He is actually the founder and CEO of a company called DataJoin. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Taylor. Glad to be on the show with you. Absolutely. So, quickly before we we get into your company and some of our topics today, introduce yourself to our audience. Talk to us a little bit about your background, as I know it's a, a bit unique to get into this space. Yeah, you know, so my background in school, I actually studied business. I studied entrepreneurship and then I went back as a finance MBA. And so definitely uh, I've never taken a class in computer science or, or analytics. You know, I'm older. I kind of date the analytics era like that. Mm -hmm. That didn't exist when I was back in school. But yeah, I mean, I started off in finance, you know, going through like learning EBITDA and debits and credits. I did take a couple of information systems classes and was kind of exposed to this idea that, hey, you know, through some VBA code or through Excel functions, you know, things can be automated and you can scale things. And so I took those classes like over 20 years ago and that really planted the seeds that took me eventually into tech, right? Sure, absolutely. And I love talking to founders just to kind of get the, the origin story of, you know, the pain points that they were experiencing themselves and, and what gaps they saw in the market to actually create the product. So talk to us a little bit about what DataJoin is and, and how it was born and where you saw those pain points yourself. Yeah. So for me, when I started in tech, I started at this lead gen company and the business model was to generate leads online of people who are interested in going to school, you know, going back to school for universities like University of Phoenix, mm -hmm. Kaplan U University. And that was really my first time working at a, at a tech startup. They hired me on as the, as the chief statistician, right? I ended up doing actually very little statistics there, but every, <laughs> everything I had to do there was about joining data from different systems together. Yeah. So I would say like that led me down the path of analytics right there. You know, marketers spending a ton of money in, uh, on Google ads, generating leads, but really the leads were only good if they ended up enrolling at one of the universities. And so that data was in a different system that our customers owned. And so being able to connect those two systems together, that was basically the lifeblood of the company. Like we won't know how good, how good the leads were unless we could see that all the way through to that student enrollment. Um, and that was it. I, I was hooked on data after that, at that point. How to how to get into systems, how to you know pull data from systems, send it to other systems, how to make sure that you're matching it up properly at the right level. Absolutely, uh, and data you know obviously is is gone from a 
you know, a buzzword, if you will, or a, a trending topic of big data to now, you know, everybody has access to, you know, first party data, third party data, all these sorts of things. And, and as marketers, uh, our tech stacks have evolved and, and grown uh, over the years. And I'm, I know a lot of listeners listening to this have sort of what we call as a, a Frankenstein tech stack, right? So uh, that problem that you uh, explained of, you know, none of these technologies talking to each other, you know, some of that by design, right? Because there's competing uh, c companies that, uh, you know, don't want to play nicely and integrate because they have competing product offerings, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, this idea of being able to connect data uh, for marketers is is huge. It's a big question mark of how do we do it? And then ultimately, what do we do once we have the data, right? What do we do with the data uh, to, to reach our customers uh, the most effective and efficient way possible? So how have you seen your, you know, your customers, right? You created this great product, this great tool that allows companies to connect you know, different data points and data sources. And as you mentioned, kind of clean it up and make sure that it's unified and uniform. So what are the use cases that you're seeing most popular in the marketing space for these data connections? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great question. I mean, like you said, there's there's so much data everywhere. Frankenstein stack, if you look at the stack today, yeah, there's, there's uh, I always mess around and say there's more tools in there than, than in my toolbox, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, use cases, I think that's the best, like, I really like that you let out with that instead of some buzzword. Um, everything we do here is really use case driven. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can do anything with data. So it's all about doing something useful, you know, with data. And so really all of our use cases, they center around personalization in a big way. Okay. I think marketers today, they still have that monumental task of, of personalization. When you, when you add in like the, the, the recessionary fears, like mm -hmm. every dollar of budget, you know, ha has to count. It has to, you know, messaging has to hit the mark. It has to be relevant and if you're not relevant, then you're not really personalizing. And so that's been, you know, we have so many different use cases around that, about helping marketers really get better personalization, better than they've ever had by using the tools that they already have in their stack. So. And in terms of, you know, these connections, you know, are, are you seeing a, a bigger trend in like a CDP, like a customer data platform or people bringing this data into their CRM or ERP system? Where is this data living to be most effective for marketers? Yeah, so there are a lot of different approaches, I guess, out on the market. CDP is definitely one of them. You know, that's the way that all of my marketing analytics background is to really centralize the data uh -huh. into a, you know, some sort of a redshift or a snowflake and then you can serve out the insights back to the system. Data join is really, you know, going against that. You know, it's, it's doing something different, you know, go, probably going against, that's not the right, right way to say it, but what we're doing is we're bypassing the centralization and saying, Hey, you know what? You already have all the different data that you need. It exists across all of your different tools. So we can just send it straight to the other tools, right? For example, we can send very detailed web behaviors about your prospects. Like if, they started engaging with your chat, right? Like how valuable would that be to have that data inside of Marketo, you know, tied to a prospect, you know, for, for their lead qualification, it'd be infinitely valuable to them, right? To have those type of detailed web behaviors. So what we're saying is you're already sitting on, on the data in the stack and rather than, you know, centralizing it and serving it back out to you, you know what, we'll just directly pipe it into you, you know, just silently, you know, you log into Marketo, that data is there already as an activity or as a custom object. And you can uh, you can person now you can personalize using that data. 
Sure. Okay. So you're really building this around uh, the ability to connect those data points in individual use cases rather than try to maybe overcomplicate it for a small business insert into a CDP and then try to figure out how do you decipher and make sense of that data. Okay. We'd rather just kind of take it, you know, use case by use case. I've been in on marketing analytics teams. I've led marketing analytics teams at uh, a lot of tech companies and I know how slow it can go, right? And the marketers in the meantime, one month passed by, two months, five months, one year, and they still don't have the data that, that they need because we're trying to build out this huge uh, mother brain, you know, centralized answer any question system when really they just need a couple of data points and they'd be able to increase their conversion rates. Sure. And who within the company is is able to, with your tool, make these sort of connections? Is that something they have to come to DataJoin and ask for connection from you know A to B? Or um, I know you have a lot of what you call micro integrations kind of built out. So could your average or standard marketer make those connections with your tool or do they need to involve the development team? So to date, it's been more of a white glove offering where you know we, we do it really fast. You would just pick the micro integration you want. You know, for example, you want to send Salesforce data into Adobe Analytics. You get with our team and then grant us access. And then we can go ahead and get it configured, you know, within a week, which is lightning fast compared to, you know, internal teams. Our product team, you know, we just raised our seed round funding this past summer. So we've got our product team that's working hard to be able to pump out our first version of the product uh, that's client facing where any marketer can log in and you know i would recommend that you have someone from for example for salesforce to adobe analytics you have someone from the salesforce team who knows the data points in salesforce and someone on the adobe side who knows where they want to have that written inside of adobe you put those two together they can log in and just be done in like five minutes and have it all configured so sure okay well it sounds pretty simple and obviously you're making uh advancements to that uh, with your with your funding as well with the with the product team so so that's exciting talk to me about the the trends in the industry that you're seeing obviously we talked about you know data is not going away right and this need for data and as you mentioned need for personalization of data and i think for marketers gotten even more difficult especially with you know everybody working from home and you know it's very hard to you know kind of cut through the noise and figure out again what to do with this data so we talked about this idea of of a cdp or you know a main database and you're kind of going against the grain and saying you know we don't necessarily need that we can connect these two points directly so you know what type of companies are adapting this this trend do you see this as a trend in the industry or is this a trend that you're trying to you know educate the the market and and uh you know create some demand for yeah well, that, that's a great question. And, you know, I guess I'll just say, first off, you know, for, for centralizing, I think there will always be a need for centralizing the data. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to look at the big picture and to be able to forecast out in the future. You know, marketing teams will, will need that. I think finance teams will rely on that type of centralized database as well to be able to forecast out the revenues. You know, that being said, I mean, I think all the focus has been on that for the last 15 years in marketing. It's been about kind of centralizing the data, serving up the insights. And you mentioned something earlier, like, are we trying to push a trend? I would say, yes, we are. Like, what we're trying to do is is get beyond the insights and really put better behavioral data into all the tools that are inside the stack so that marketers can activate, marketers can personalize better. Actually, market to those who are showing high interest, right? Not just remarketing everyone who went to their website once. For example, mm-hmm. so this this is definitely a trend that we're trying to do, and we're saying, you know what, marketing analytics teams still do what you're doing, 
do that good work. That's work that I love. That's work that's my background. But marketers, at the end of the day, like you still need data in your system to do a better job. And we can give it to you like much, much faster. Like that's what we're built for. And we can do that in parallel with your marketing analytics teams. Sure. And what sort of uh, guidance are you giving your customers on how to interpret the data and what to do with the data? I mean, I think uh, as marketers, we have so many tools available to us. And for a while, attribution was like the biggest tool, right? Everybody wanted to know exactly attribution and all the different touch points. And, you know, most marketers that have any sort of a tech stack today have some sort of data around attribution. And now, you know, everyone's saying that last touch attribution is, is you know, a waste of time or you're, you're spending too much effort worrying about attribution. You'll never be able to, to weight it properly based on how the interactions happen. It's not a linear path. It's all over the place. It's consistent, right? So what are you seeing in terms of trends and what guidance are you able to give to your clients on, yes, here's the data and here's how to make sense of that to better serve your customers? Sure. I mean, I could talk about attribution here for, for a second. Sure. I mean, I love building out attribution models. I mean, I love the, the, the math of it and, and back testing and coming back and seeing if it, you know, if it did a good job at, at predicting. Mm-hmm. However, that being said, you know, outside of the math and all, all that enjoyment that I had, it really, it caused a lot of, a lot of time suck, a lot of, uh, you know, fist fights in, in marketing, you know, so, mm-hmm. so to speak, like everyone arguing, oh, well, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. And so I guess my, my thought on attribution is like, even back before I started data join, I was moving, you know, more and more away from attribution and you know more about just getting everything that's possible to grab like getting every touch possible and not really caring who gets credit but hey you know what let's look at this deal yeah. let's look at the sequence of every single touch that we know of right of course there's going to be you know i think dark social or that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing that we can't track but let's look at it as a group you know the people who are doing events and marketing people running each of the different channels you know linkedin google ads um, you know, people who are running the, the the emails and let's just see what it took to actually get this deal. And then that way, you know, we can, we can know that it's a team effort. And in, instead of, you know, fighting over who gets credit, let's just look at one of these deals. Let's look at 10 of these deals, 20, 50. That's, that's much more uh, better use of time in, in my mind is to just understand as a marketing team together, like what mm-hmm. the, 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 the team effort that it actually takes. So that, that's kind of my thought there on attribution. I love building out the models, like I said, but I really feel like a lot of people can get rat holed there. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone. All right, business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. 
absolutely. I, I agree with that. And uh, we've seen, you know, companies cut spend in, in channels because they, you know, because of their attribution model. And I've seen, you know, the opposite or spend too much in channel because, you know, Google ads, for example, was getting, you know, hundred percent of that attribution credit. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, right. And, you know, as marketers, sometimes we talk about on this podcast a lot, like just thinking logically as a marketer, right? Like, what are you trying to do with this channel? And, and does the data tell us that we served this message to this client and they interact with it, they engage with it. Right. And at that point you're doing your job as a marketer, you're trying to educate your prospect, you're trying to get in front of them. So, um, you know, where at in the funnel, if you will, they consume the content, uh, how long they, you know, how much that, uh, you, you, you might not ever be able to measure that and all your customers are different, right? So it's, it, like mm -hmm. you said, it's a, it's a rabbit hole that you could go down and uh, you can make a lot of mistakes by trying to focus too much on that. Um, so mm -hmm. I think, yeah, understanding we have this data, we have access to this, but we have to think a little bit logically on, on what this data is telling us and what we're trying to accomplish here. Exactly. I mean, my, my last thought on that, I mean, I remember building out... Um, not an attribution model, but just getting every single touch point that, that we could get our hands on mm -hmm. and just say, oh, this is great. So for this deal, it got warmed up by a couple of Facebook and LinkedIn ads. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they ended up going to some sort of an, an, an event like one month later. Right. And we scanned their badge there. And then one week later, they went on to do a Google search and clicked on the Google ad. And so, you know, Google ads, sure, it had the last touch, but look at look at everything that played the part with. Yeah, we had the event guys warming it up like big time and then boom, they were ready to talk to somebody. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you never know, right? I mean, those people may not have stopped at that booth if they, they never saw the ad, right? They might've walked by the booth and they say, oh, I, I recognize that ad. Or maybe that was subconsciously, right? They, they stopped by because they, they didn't realize that they had seen it before, but they, it sounded familiar. It sounded trustworthy, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. And the same thing with the Google ad, right? So maybe because of that, they were warmed up to the idea and they said, well, let's still let's still do our due diligence and narrow down a couple of top vendors for the solution. And then, uh, of course, you know, be, that company that was showing, serving them ads, you know, they were reading the content on the website. They were at the the trade show automatically, you know, got a click and, and showed up. And also you get that additional credibility, right? Because you could say, well, why do I need Google ads then? Well, now I've done, now I'm going to Google, do my research to narrow it down to three to five vendors. And, you know, this company that I already have heard about two to three times shows up at the top of the search, both organically and paid, you know, how do you, how do you measure that? Right. They might not even click on that ad, but just being served that ad, uh, they say, well, yeah, okay. They're, they are one of the top players because I've seen them four or five times now. So, um, yeah. it, it's, it's almost impossible to kind of measure that, but you have to just look at the, the buyer's journey as comprehensively as, as possible and use the data to, again, serve the right message to the right people in the right channel. Awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You, you can't measure everything. I mean, I, we, we like to do a self-reported attribution. Like seems like everyone's sure. doing that today. Uh, which, which is great, but uh, I think you, you just make make the most of what you have. Now, Data Join doesn't do attribution, but we definitely, you know, fo focus on that same principle, like making the most out of the mountains of data that you, that you do have. So sure, yeah. sure. Um, so I'm curious with with Data Join, um, you know, in the the rise of kind of the marketing operations role for whatever reason, um, you know, marketing 
uh, is always a couple of years behind sales, right? The sales operations, Salesforce administrator, Salesforce, you know, data analytics has, has been a, been a, a role for quite a, a while, right? Sales always gets the new tools and in, in budgets and departments and titles and all those type of things. So I feel like marketing is, is kind of catching up to that and maybe surpassing that in some ways. So, um, you know, the, the role of marketing operations, uh, I'm, I'm assuming would be some of the people you're working with uh, on the data side in, in conjunction with, you know, data al- analysis or someone like that internally there. So what sort of trends are you seeing in, in companies that are adapting uh, a, a marketing operations role or department? No, I think, uh, you know, one, one trend that I'm, that I'm seeing and one that we're trying to push as well is, you know, this idea of, of behavioral based audiences, right? I think today when people think of targeting or, you know, high, high intent, um, based targeting, you know, if you did a Google search for that, probably Clearbit would pop up, you know, some data enrichment company that sure, like those tools are very good at giving you, you know, job title, um, you know, industry account and giving you this type of demographic data. You know, what we're saying here at Data Join and what I think the marketing office people are catching on to is that, hey, you know, what? like people don't just buy, like they don't have high intent just because I have the badge of CMO, right? Or because mm-hmm. I'm in this industry, you know, you can see their intent by what they do, right? And like, of course, the best would be if you can get on a call with them and, and pick their brain, but you know, that, that doesn't hardly happen. But what, but what you can track that you're sitting on is everything that they do on your website. And I'm not just talking about like, what pages that they went to that, that Marketo can track out of the box, but I'm talking about the detailed web behavior, right? Like, did they start uh, a, a chat session or did they, you know, start this ungated video or download an un- ungated piece of content? Did they play with your pricing calculator three times? Like these are the, these are the detailed web behaviors that if you could have these data points, like in your email system or back in your ad platforms, like you could, you could remarket, you know, much, much more intelligently than any other, you know, clear bit data. It's not going to give you that level of, of remarketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoom info is not going to give you that level of, of remarketing capability. Um, so behavioral based targeting is is really what we're trying to push. Um, and the, the good news is like, if you're already using like a web analytics, you're already sitting on that data. And so we're just here to, you know, push that out, make it easy for you guys. Um, so that, that, critical data can be in all your systems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are you, are you seeing, are you recommending that companies build like lead scoring models uh, around that data, the behavioral based data, as well as the, you know, explicit data that they may give, uh, like you said, their title or job position or industry or something like that. Uh, is that how they're taking that data to the next level or, um, is it simply through, you know, serving, uh, you know, specific ads to people and through segmentation? Yeah, so my 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 two thoughts there. I mean, for the marketing automation folks, yeah, I would definitely layer this data into your to your lead scoring model. This is what we recommend. Mm-hmm. You know, most lead scoring programs are built on demographic and behavioral data, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like did they open an email or did they click right. an email. Like that's that's not really, you know, that's not that strong of a behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm talking about yeah, being able to layer in all these detailed behaviors from from your web analytics that will definitely strengthen the quality of the lead. And so we, we are definitely recommending that for, for lead qualification in general. If, if your job is to serve up the best leads to sales, 
so that they could take it to the finish line. Like this is this is going to be like a powerful weapon that's already in your back pocket, and we're just mm-hmm. we're just putting it there for you. Um, you know, for for the ad for for the ad platforms, I feel like you know there's probably already a hundred people out there. Let's just say, for example, there's a hundred people out there who are ready to buy. You just got to find them. There might be another you know twenty to thirty who who are on the fence that you can convince them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so let's just let's just run with this example for a second. So if you're doing current remarketing inside of Google ads or Facebook, um, you would spend like a certain amount of money to, to be able to find those today. Um, what we're saying is that if you can track the, the behaviors, you can spend half that budget and you can still find those hundred people. Then you can still find those 20 to 30 people as well, because instead of just remarketing everyone to went to your website, doesn't matter if they were a student or or a competitor or a bot. Like you could actually just remarket to those who you know, came to your site, you know, spent ten minutes plus, went to three different pages, engaged with your widget, right? And those guys, you know, that that's that's part of the hundred right there. And we're saying that you could spend half of your budget because now you can know exactly who they are instead of just remarketing to everyone who went to your website. Yeah, and that that's obviously extremely powerful. Um, so uh, I know, as you mentioned earlier in the the podcast, you know you're you're trying to educate your market a little bit, and um, you know maybe challenge some of the status quo in terms of how this data is managed, how companies operate internally. So I'm curious to to know for our listeners as well that are in similar situations, what are you doing, you know, for your own marketing and your own uh, customer acquisition strategy? Yeah, so we're a startup. I mean, we barely started spending on ads uh, probably the last three months, and so. A lot of what we're doing, I mean, one, one thing that I just started up even just yesterday is I started up a, a Slack channel that's dedicated towards uh, all things Adobe Analytics integration, right? And it's very small right now, but for me, um, it's a place where like my top customers, I've invited like our top customers to go there. And I told them, hey, you know what? Like this is a humble beginning, but I want us to be the place where everyone turns to, like if they want to know how to get data, that behavioral data in and out of Adobe Analytics, they want to send it to Salesforce, they want to pull data from Salesforce into it, want to send it to Facebook. You know, I want for this channel, like there's no one better to talk about it than us, right? Than me and my customers and, you know, friends of friends of my customers who also are solving similar problems. And so that's one thing that I'm really excited about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we do have a, have a humble beginning, but... I think it's great. So that way, anyone who who wants to really know, they can just join our Slack channel, and you know, you you'll automatically be exposed to people who who have experience doing this. So that, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah, and that's that's a great idea. Uh, we always preach to our clients that you know you want to you want to try to lead the conversation, right? You want to be seen as a, a thought leader, and you want to be that go to resource for your industry, um, and that needs to be adapted to who your audience is, right? So. Um, you know, if if your audience is online searching and you have the ability to uh, capture that existing demand or capture that uh, research through your website and kind of turn your website into the Wikipedia of your industry, if you will, right, then you can become that thought leader. Uh, but there's other ways, as you mentioned, if we need to be a little bit more small, nimble Facebook groups, Slack groups, Slack channels, um, you know, your audience, obviously, by nature, is very analytical, very in the weeds, very detail oriented and want to try to figure things out. And, and collaboration is one of the ways that they can do that. Uh, and so I, I love the idea of kind of having a, a conversation, a, a mastermind group, if you will, uh, in a Slack channel. And obviously, 
the more conversation that you can have around these problems. Uh, it's your own market research and marketing tool uh, all in one. And obviously, if your customers are in there, your best customers, they're also your best salespeople. So um, I think it's a great idea. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Taylor. Like I said, uh, we just started it. So it, it's a very humble beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can count on two hands, you know, the number of people who are, who are on the Slack channel at the moment. Sure. So far. But, uh, but but I think it's great. Like I would, I would put this group, like if anyone is interested in knowing about this, this is the best group to be able to answer the questions. Sure. So, okay. Uh, perfect. You know, the uh, c- couple other things that we're doing, I mean, really focusing on the website. I, I'm telling mm-hmm. my team right now, like the main things we have control over is our website and all the content on there. Um, and then our, our ads and then our emails like that. That's pretty much those three things. And then our LinkedIn outreach, we're using, you know, some of our team members to reach out with people who have engaged with our emails, um, that have, that have shown like some intent. You know, we're not just having them bug everybody, but just those who have shown some intent who have spent time on our site mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, to, to try to reach out that way to see if we could just open up a conversation. We're really all about trying to sound less um, salesy. That's not really my style. I'm I'm not some polished, uh, you know, sales dude from Wall Street or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But to just have real conversations and just say, hey, you know, uh, we noticed on your website, you've got all this awesome track. You know, you've got all this awesome chat on your website. We noticed that you're you're not capturing that any of that inside of Marketo. We could fix that for you. We've got a free tier. We can get that done for you like in a couple of days. You know, check out our site. If you're interested, let us know. Right. Yeah. Um, th- these are the type of uh, you know, messaging that we're that we're trying to do right now at the moment. So yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot uh quickly as we're approaching the the end of the year. Um, give me one marketing prediction um that you that you see, whether that's a trend um or something that you know maybe completely out of left field, but one prediction for twenty twenty three. 2023 prediction data join. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> data um, join well, reaches a billion in revenue. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's a great question. And just because of what, just because of what we're focused on, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that there is going to be a shift to more of the, these behavioral based audiences out there for personalization Right now, the clear bits are dominating everything, and they should like definitely get that data if you can. But when you want to take it to the next level, I think people are going to start to see like, hey, you know what? It's not really like the badge that they wear, but it's what they do. You know, it's it's really all about what they do. That's going to be the best signals. And so I, you know, I'm thinking that there should be a push, you know, a shift towards that. Now, of course, that's yeah. what our business is trying to do, but that's uh, that's really what I think is the smartest thing for marketing teams to to do. So yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we've already seen some of those trends with, uh, you know, Facebook and and Google and obviously iOS updates that are limiting the ability to use some of that, you know, third party data. So I think companies are realizing they need to focus on on first party data, uh, which is why, like you said, there's a shift towards, okay, well, where can we get this? First of all, where can we get this data to build up our databases, ClearBid, ZoomInfo, all those type of companies. Um, But then you know, what was the advantage of leveraging a tool? Like why was Facebook so successful in the past? Well, they had tons of behavioral based targeting capabilities, right? Um, Because they had, you know, cookies and pixels on everybody else's website, uh, just Mm -hmm. like they had your website. So they knew uh, you could serve an ad to somebody who was looking at, you know, a competitor's website or a directory listing or anything like that. Right. 
Uh, and now obviously it's becoming a little bit harder to target those same people. And so you look at, okay, well, can we create and curate some of those experiences on our own web properties? And then can we get some of that behavioral based data to, to better serve our customers? So uh, I think it's a, it's a good prediction. I think we're already kind of trending in, in that way. And obviously people are going to need a tool like yours to start making those connections and, and making that sort of marketing happen. So um, great prediction. We'll, we'll check back in a year and see, uh, see where, if we were right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sam, I appreciate you joining today. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, if anybody wants to check out data join, where can they go? You can go to datajoin.com. Okay. Yep, we were perfect. We were lucky to get the the, the domain. It's our name. Now, so. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's a great great domain. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, go check it out. Um, datajoin.com. Reach out to, to Sam and the team and, and see if it's a good fit for you. So, please, uh, if you're listening, uh, give us a, a like, subscribe to the podcast, and of course, tune in next week for a new episode. Thanks, everybody. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after after that. And finally, you guys join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.